You're listening to the Coochie Business Podcast, where we talk about coochies in general to black coochies in particular. I'm Dr. Abigail, your host and coochie curator, and you're joining the coochie liberation movement, where we break the coochie silence through dope topics, interesting stories, and curious conversations that will make you laugh, scratch your head, maybe shed a tear from time to time, but will always give you something to think about. On today's episode, we continue our exploration through the halls and walls of Coochie University. This is module one still, the Coochie Operating Manual, and we are now in lesson five, the urinary tract, and things that pop up there. What is the urinary tract? Our urinary tract is made up of the kidneys, ureters, bladder, and the urethra. Ureter, urethra, they sound pretty similar, but they're not the same thing. Ureters connect the kidneys to the bladder a little higher, and the urethra goes from the bladder to the outside world, and that's where you see that urethral opening, one of the three holes in the coochie area. Anatomically, the urethra is shorter in the female anatomy or coochie owners than the male anatomy, non-coochie owners, so bacteria can travel there a little bit more easily. But a UTI, a urinary tract infection, is simply an infection. Because of the anatomy, women tend to get UTIs more than men, but it's just biological because of the anatomy. Also, the urethra is physically close to the rectum and the vagina, where there are a bunch of other different kinds of bacteria that can get up in there. Most UTIs involve the bladder, not cystitis, and or the urethra, that's urethritis. And occasionally, bacteria can travel from the bladder to the kidneys and cause something even more serious, an infection called pyelonephritis. But let's not get too deep into all of that right now. That's pretty serious. So what are the symptoms of a UTI? <laughs> well, shit. If you have a UTI, you probably know that something is not right. Your doctor can typically diagnose it just by listening to the description of your symptoms that you give them. Urinary infections usually cause discomfort and pain, but the good news is that these infections are pretty easy to treat. Remember our conversation with the VJJ about probiotics? That's one tip right there, but we'll come back to that. So common symptoms of a UTI include sensations of pain and burning, typically during urination. Uh, sometimes it has a feeling of urgency. This feeling of urgency means it just feels like you have to pee urgently or a feeling that you need to urinate frequently. Urgency, urgently or frequently. A change in the appearance of your urine. Sometimes that's bloody red. It could be cloudy, which means it has some pus in it. There can be pain or pressure in the lower pelvis or in the area of your pelvic bone. Sometimes a common symptom is that you pass only a tiny little bit of urine, even though that urgency, that urge to urinate is pretty strong. Those are common symptoms. Some other associated symptoms can be generalized. So feeling weak, wiped out, tired, feeling a heaviness in your lower belly to the point of feeling pressure around the area of your pelvis. 
back pain sometimes or pain on one side of the upper middle back in the area where your kidneys are located. Fever isn't typically common if the infection is in the lower urinary tract, meaning the bladder or the urethra, but if it's higher up in the ureters going up to the kidneys, fever can come because the infection has spread to the kidneys or into the blood. And when it gets more complicated, sometimes you'll have chills, nausea, vomiting that can come with the fever. If the urine contains blood, this typically indicates that the infection has, has progressed. And if that's the case, these symptoms require immediate medical attention. So definitely don't try and treat that on your own. Go and see a doctor. So what causes a UTI? Sometimes just too much sex. You're just doing it like bunnies. They actually have a name for it called honeymoon cystitis. Bacteria near the vagina can get into the urethra or the bladder. Bacteria from the anus can get into the urethra, into the bladder. Sometimes contact with devices, toys, fingers, peni, penises, a penis. Other causes of UTI can be from incomplete emptying of the bladder. So that can be just holding your bladder, uh, your urine too frequently. It might be incomplete emptying because there's a blockage there, like a kidney stone. Sometimes issues with the pelvic muscles or nerves can cause UTIs. Other conditions like diabetes, obesity, sickle cell disease can increase the chances of UTIs. Menopause increases the risk of UTIs because during menopause, there's less estrogen and less estrogen at those receptors around the urethra cause the tissue around the urethra to be a little bit more delicate. Hygiene or poor hygiene can increase the chances of UTIs and UTIs tend to be more common in pregnancy or after multiple deliveries, vaginal deliveries in particular. So how do you diagnose a UTI? As I mentioned earlier, sometimes it can be diagnosed symptomatically and as such it can be treated presumptively just based on the symptoms. UTIs are not fun and we don't want them just hanging around. We want to treat it. There are three other common ways of trying to diagnose a UTI. Some of them are more specific than others. So a urine dipstick, that's just when you pee in a cup and a urine sample. This is a fast, inexpensive way to detect an infection, but it's not 100% sensitive. You can get these little dipsticks um, from over the counter. Um, a UA, a urinalysis, is more sensitive, it's more accurate, and this process checks for blood cells, signs of bacteria, and just generally speaking, more sensitive than a dipstick. Then there's a culture. That's where they take a urine, your urine and send it out for culturing. It takes a little bit longer, but this detects and identifies the specific bacteria that's causing the infection so that it can be treated. It can be diagnosed specifically and treated specifically. If bacteria is present, more testing is usually done to see which specific antibiotic that bacteria is sensitive to. If someone has recurrent UTIs or tough to treat UTIs, antibacterial resistant UTIs, sometimes there's more intensive testing that's necessary. 
things like a CT scan, a cystoscopy, which is an exam that uses a small little telescope to look inside of the bladder, or an IVP. Uh, an IVP is an intravenous pilogram, and it takes x-ray images of the urinary tract after injecting a special dye into the body. It's actually a series of x-rays that go that look at the kidney, the ureters, the bladder, and this contrast dye that's put into the vein can help detect tumors, any abnormalities, kidney stones, or other obstructions that can be a, an obstruction to renal blood flow. Now, the part that's probably even more interesting, how do we prevent UTIs and then how do we treat it if they happen to pop up? Again, no guarantees, but here are some helpful tips. One, wipe from front to back. There was a comedian that talked about not bringing the shit to the clit. A lot of people think that this is just, I, I'm not sure, but it, to me it's kind of common sense. Wipe from front to back. Go from your urethra to your vagina to your anus and drop it into the toilet or wherever you are. <laughs> Also, washing the skin around the anus and genitals while bathing. Again, being careful of the, the soaps and the dyes and the fragrances. Two, avoid douching in general. Avoid perfumes, fake fragrances, fragrant genital sprays and wipes and panty liners and things. Just avoid all of those extra extraneous things. Three, wear underwear with a cotton crotch. Wear cotton underwear or Better yet, we're not at all. Four, cranberry cred. Cranberry works. Preferably unsweetened cranberry juice or cranberry pills. And the properties in cranberry juice can prevent bacteria from adhering to the walls of the bladder. So bacteria kind of, they, they stick to the walls and they climb up, they go up and up. But research has shown us that cranberry, the properties inside of cranberry, prevents that adherence, which then prevents the ascension of the bacteria up the urethra, the urethra. Be mindful, again, of the sugar content in your cranberry juice, so preferably unsweetened or just take the pill. You also want to do things like urination before and after sex, drink lots of water, avoid spermicides, and consider... If you're peri or postmenopausal and decreased estrogen is the issue for UTIs or recurrent UTIs, you can talk to your doctor or your medical provider about considering vaginal ovovar topical estrogen. Again, a little bit higher than the podcast topics because those are really, really specific, but something to think about if you're in that category. Of course, antibiotics is a common treatment for UTIs. Now, remember what we said about antibiotics. It wipes out everything, and you need your healthy flora there. So if you use an antibiotic, which will definitely get rid of the UTI pretty quickly, make sure to add on, well, two things. Make sure you use the complete course of your antibiotics. Don't stop just when the symptoms go away because that can cause antibiotic resistance it can make the symptoms come back and when they come back they come back fast and furious and again it is not fun but then also if you do use an antibiotic make sure afterwards repopulate replenish your flora your ecosystem with some healthy coochie specific probiotics we talked about rhamnosis and ruteri all the lactobacilli out there 
Now that we've got UTIs covered, let's talk about a few other leaky trials and tribulations that happen with the bladder. Incontinence. People don't like to talk about it, but it's pretty common. We've got four types of incontinence out there. Yeah, stress incontinence, urge incontinence, overflow incontinence, and overactive bladder. And the common, the treatments for all of them are pretty common lifestyle things, but let's talk about the four types. Stress incontinence is, is leakage of urine due to weak tissues that support the urethra or the bladder. Typically, urine leaks with coughing, laughing, sneezing, exercising, running, walking, just weak muscles. And so when you put a little bit of pressure, a little bit of liquid comes out. This is the most common type in younger women, the most common type of incontinence in younger people. The risks are higher if you're obese, if you have genetically weak tissue or have had multiple vaginal or operative deliveries. The second one, urge incontinence, also called overactive bladder. This happens when the bladder muscles contract too often without your instruction. So it's like a spasming of the bladder, right? And causes this urge. Usually there's a strong and sudden urge to urinate. And before you make it to the bathroom, it's already leaked a little bit. Then you got overflow incontinence. And this happens when the bladder doesn't empty fully. And last but not least is the overactive bladder. This causes urine to leak out due to involuntary contractions of the bladder, typically treated with med medication. As I said, these four types of incontinence typically have lifestyle changes as the treatment for it. So things like constantly wearing an absorbent pad, being in close proximity to the bathroom. If weight is an issue, then losing some weight, avoidance of caffeine and tobacco, and just generally speaking, having moderate fluid intake, especially before bed, but just in general. And then lifestyle factors like just timing your urination. Even if you don't feel the need to go pee, setting a clock, a timer, say every two hours. Another um, pretty decent treatment for bladder incontinence is biofeedback. Biofeedback is a therapy that monitors the automatic functions of the body and trains you to gain conscious control over them. Think of it, bio, the biology, feedback, getting feedback on your biology. So usually a bunch of th uh, probes and things that you put on your body to track what's going on and then you do different things and then watch a monitor and learn what you're doing with your body and what the outcome is. Kegels, if you haven't heard of that, is another thing to get hip to. Kegels are contracting the muscles. You can do this alone. You can do it in combination with biofeedback. Typically with Kegels, you want to hold your all of the muscles that stop the flow of urine and hold it and then release it. I'll give a bit more instructions on the Kegels, but let's go through some of the treatments. Again, medications to control bladder activity are helpful for urge incontinence. They have injectable agents to bulk up the tissue around a weak urethra to prevent leakage. And some doctors actually use Botox injections to help to 
tone the pelvic floor muscles to prevent leakage and continence. And then finally, there are surgical interventions that are successful for many people with stress incontinence. So let's go back to these kegels. These exercises, they help to tone the pelvic floor muscles that surround the vagina, the urethra, and the rectum. So the entire pelvic floor, when you do kegels, it benefits all of that. The vagina, the urethra, and the rectum. The extra benefit of kegels, better tone means better sex. So how do you tonify? Well, if you're having intercourse, a penetrative sex, that it's usually better for both parties. So how do you do a kegel? Again, you're gonna squeeze those muscles that you use to stop the flow of urine. You know, if you're peeing and you stop it midstream, those are the muscles you need to activate to, to do a kegel. You squeeze those muscles, you hold it for 10 seconds, 30, at least 10 seconds, 30 seconds a minute as you get pro with them, and then you release. Do this 10 to 20 times. So 10 seconds, 10 to 20 times, 30 seconds, 10 to 20 times. Do that set three or more times a day. I often tell people, if you're driving, every time you go to a stoplight, if you're, set a timer. Kegels, say it out loud to the room. Anyone who knows, just do your kegels real quick. It might take a few weeks to notice improvement in the symptoms of incontinence, but you'll notice some improvement. There's some interestingly cool, cool question mark, I don't know, coochie devices that are out there. Um, tracking devices, if you will, for your pelvic floor. You slip a little sucker into your coochie, Bluetooth antenna sticks out of your vajayjay. When you do your kegels, you see, you see the biofeedback on your phone app and you get your coochie biofeedback to your phone. Like, here we are, 2021. <laughs> anyway, we're going to stop right there. That's enough about the urethra, the UTIs, incontinence, a little bit about the VJJ. And we're just going to wrap it up for today. You just completed another session, another lesson at Coochie University. Again, this was the first module, the Coochie Operating Manual, and the fifth lesson, Urinary Tract and the various issues that can pop up there. Join me next week as we dive deep to yet another topic. We're going to move into module two. In the meantime, check out the website, coochiebusiness.com. You can sign up for our newsletter, receive updates on behind the scenes things, and scroll around, click around, look around on the links, send an anonymous or not, question that you have, a topic you want to have discussed, or a story you want to share. Who knows? I just might read it on air. You can also send your questions or your stories directly to questions at coochiebusiness.com or stories at coochiebusiness.com. And last but not least, subscribe to the podcast. Your subscription helps the podcast grow by making it easier for new listeners to find our show. So subscribe on your po podcast platform of choice today. Why stop there though? Rate the show and leave a comment with a review. See you next week.